0: Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here We you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Kate McFarland of KJRH in Tulsa. He's back on the program once again, and we will discuss what's going on with the uh, new uh, Oklahoma head coach Brent Venables, and as the. Uh, Cowboys getting ready for their matchup in the Fiesta Bowl. And we'll i talk about the Thunder and more when Caden McFarland joins us. Plus, we'll have Coach Bo's football fix presented by O'Connor Advisory Group and our Tom Fullery story of the week coming up at the end of today's show as well. Coach Bo joins you right now. Bo, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, my friend. As uh, we are here, the uh, season of giving. Uh, it's just the season of <coughs> stay Over the uh, Next couple weeks, uh, pretty busy. Thanks for joining us and uh, hanging out with us here on Christmas week, man.
1: Hey, yeah, thanks for having me in. I appreciate it. It would be fun to be in here for the the whole report, not just my little piece. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate coming in.
0: Of course. And, Bo, you come in this week as I have decided, uh, taking matters into my own hands, to settle the Tulsa-Oklahoma City debate once and for all. And – You know, we're recording this show. I'm actually in Omaha right now. You're in Lawrence, but I just got back from spending a few days with the family to celebrate the holidays. I was in Tulsa for the most part, but I did uh, get over to Oklahoma City for a day. And it got me thinking about comparing Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And so much so that I actually even took to Twitter and I debated even saying this on Twitter. But once you press send, there's no going back. I mean, you're just there at that point. And I tweeted this out thinking I might get a few responses, not to the level of what it did. But here's what I said on the uh, on the Twitter machine. "At Tyler Jones Live. Look for that blue check mark. I love the entire state of Oklahoma, and I'm proud to be from there. With that said, there is no comparison between Tulsa and OKC. Tulsa has OKC beat by a mile. Having the Thunder is the only advantage, the 405, has over green country, the 918 has a better culture and lifestyle. And as we're recording this, that tweet has been uh, retweeted 266 times, liked 781 times, and there are 302 replies to this tweet and about 414,000 impressions since uh, that tweet was made, uh, since I said that. And uh, the replies have uh, not disappointed. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's dive into these uh, here a little bit and see what, uh, what the people had to say about, uh, about my response. Um, Scott Chasen uh, says, go off, to which I responded, much better high school football. Uh, Randy Marsh says, you mean the schools that refuse to break up and provide opportunity for more kids to play and learn for, from high school sports? Why don't Tulsa parents care about kids? Randy, uh, sure seems like a good time. Um, let's see. Uh, why is the thunder an advantage it storms everywhere, Matt? I hope you're not that stupid. I, I really hope, I hope that was a joke. Um, but please, I, I, I sure by all means hope that's the case. Um, Also, uh, some of these other replies uh, while we're looking at these, and there's so many to go from. uh, Cade McFarlane, who's going to join us here in just a few moments, said, Choosing violence on Christmas week. I see. Love you, Tyler. Uh, To which our friend of the show, Billy Locke, says, Then I'm a four star general in the war on Christmas. And uh, he also said, uh, along the lines that that I was. uh, distracting from the week of Christmas that I've divided an entire states on uh, this issue. And, uh, there's another tweet. This one comes from Pendleton says, I just read something that said people from Tulsa aren't Oklahomans. That's enough stupid for me today. So Bo, uh, as the, uh, impartial jury here, somebody that doesn't have a dog in this fight, w- what do you make of these, uh, exchanges and, uh, the now seeing the rivalry firsthand between Tulsa and Oklahoma city on your end.
1: Okay. So I I don't have a lot of frame of reference here. So let's just be very clear. Um, And I'm not an expert in this area either, but when you told me about this off the air, I was reminded that my younger brother does watches a lot of those uh, first forty eights, Yes. Such kind of shows. And he mentions to me that a lot of that happens in Tulsa.
0: And I got a lot of tweets about the first 48. I'll be honest, that was kind of before my time. Okay. So I had to figure out what that meant. But, yeah, okay. the first 48 has a lot to do with Tulsa.
1: Okay. So, I again, again, I don't have a great frame of reference here. Well, what I will say is I love the fact that you got the whole state to, to, to attack each other on Christmas. It's very uh, – I don't even know where to go with that. Um, I, I'm proud of you, Tyler. I will say that. Thank you. <laughs> you know, lots of Oklahoma on Oklahoma crime here. Uh, you know, the week of Christmas of all times. Uh, that's actually pretty impressive.
0: Maybe on Easter, I should rile up the folks in Missouri and talk about how much better Kansas City is than St. Louis.
1: Yeah, but you'd be right about Kansas City over St. Louis. That's true. I mean, I mean it's, I mean, St. Louis is like, you know, it, oh, it's just a horrible place. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, that's, that's almost too easy a target. Um, but no, I think what you ought to do is uh, you know, take a look at it. I, I, I again, I don't have a horse in this race, so I'm uh, I, I guess I'm neutral. But I will say that I do like the idea of um, you know Oklahoma on Oklahoma crime. I think that's a great idea. I just love that people got 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 hurt about this.
0: Yeah, Marshall writes Tulsa is a cult. It's a nice enough place, but Tulsa's act like it's Disney World.
1: Yeah, I don't have a great frame of reference here. So, but but I do um, you know, but, but some respect will be given for you for the effort from you here. Okay, right?
0: here okay, here's another idea
1: of this. Let's see what we got you another got frame of reference.
0: Um you've been
1: to Texas, right? Yes, that's where I was gonna go here in a second.
0: Okay. So for those watching or, or listening rather that maybe don't know Tulsa and Oklahoma city that well, um, Tulsa is like a smaller version of Austin and Oklahoma city is like a smaller version of Houston. Bo, the way I look at that is, um, wouldn't you take Austin over Houston every time?
1: Ooh. Um... I don't know. I, man, I kind of like, I kind of like Houston. Uh, I'm the weird one in that way. But okay. um, yeah, if you're going to put it in that frame of reference, a lot of my anti, you know, I'm anti Texas. Um, man, I, I'm going to go with you on this. Tyler, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to. I'm going to go team, team Tulsa. just like like my boy Tyler on this.
0: Okay. You, you, you're pairing up with me and Thomas on this. I'm going to, I'm going
1: to go team Tulsa on this. And now don't let me down.
0: Uh, I, I do have a DM to read you that. I can't actually say who this is from. Okay. Um, this is from somebody that is very prominent within the Tulsa media. And they sent me this. I'll read it word for word, but I'm not going to say who it's from. Um, Here's what they said. And this was an incredible argument to make. I wish they'd go public with this, but I'll go ahead and go public for them on this because I believe this too. OKC has pretended uh, OKC has pretend quick trips called on cue a pretend San Antonio Riverwalk, which is like not even a river. Yeah, yeah, I see that. A pretend Six Flags called Frontier City and nothing comparable to Gathering Place or Kane's Ballroom. All things I would not say publicly. After Pat Jones retired from the NFL, he didn't go to Miami or the Bay Area where he coached. He moved to Tulsa. When Eddie Sutton retired from coaching, he didn't move to OKC. He moved to Tulsa. Jack White has a house in Tulsa. Zachary Levi filmed a movie in OKC. And is moving to Tulsa. <laughs>
2: you
1: know, the other thing for me is that Tulsa's got better, better, better high school sports. At least yeah. football wise, you never talk, you never hear my talk about how the, the, you know, all the great players from Oklahoma City. Right. You know that's another, another feather in the cap for Tulsa. It means more. It just means more. I mean, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, Tulsa could be Tulsa could be an SEC city.
0: Yes, yes, it could. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think Oklahoma City. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you. You know what? But I'm I'm with you, Josie. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go Team Tulsa here.
0: Okay. So you're an honorary Tulsa, Bo.
1: Uh, if you'll let me, it, it, that will be an honor. Thank It'll you. An honorary Tulsa. We'll
0: we'll bring you to Tulsa, give you the whole runaround. Um, you'll uh, you, you won't be disappointed, and then we'll take you to Oklahoma City and you'll be disappointed.
1: (laughs) We'll take you to Oklahoma City, and then we'll let you be disappointed. (laughs) Right,
0: right. Oh, man. Gosh. What what, what more? I like that
1: you woke up and chose violence Christmas week. That's that's pretty awesome.
0: You know, it had to be done. It needed to be said. As if this debate has not gone on for decades, Mm -hmm. I felt like... I needed to declare a winner once and for all. Somebody said that I was starting a culture war on the week of Christmas. I think I just put an end to it. That's all I think this comes down to.
1: Yeah. You, you you're trying to do your thing to help, you know, move this world along. I appreciate that.
0: Right. We 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 settled it. You know, it, it's all over with. Tulsa, you win. Oklahoma City, you lose. And that's how it's gonna be. I'm sure we'll bring this up when Caden joins us coming up later on uh, here on the Jones Report today. But we want to talk about, to open up the show, the COVID-19 situation hitting the uh, sports world. Omnicron. If you haven't learned that word, you better start getting used to it. Omnicron taking big hits to uh, the sports world in general. Omnicron has chosen violence. Yes. Omnicron has definitely chosen violence. And what we're seeing is that with this Omicron variant of COVID is that even if you're vaccinated, you're still testing positive for the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Now, most of the time it's resulting in a cold of some sorts. You know, we're not seeing a whole lot of major cases affecting athletes when it comes to getting the Omicron variant. But nonetheless, they are still getting it. And this has led down, led to numerous shutdowns in the NBA. NFL games got moved around this past week. We uh, also saw NHL games get canceled. Now yeah. a bowl game is being affected as Texas A&M is not going to be able to play in the Gator Bowl. They're trying to find a replacement team for A&M. So Wake Forest can finish out their season with one last game of sorts. And, you know, as this is going on, there are – questions being raised as well. And one of those big questions is that, you know, if you're vaccinated, uh, including the booster shot, should you be even tested at this point in time? Um, if you're asymptomatic to this, then should it matter that you have the Omicron variant? Um, you know, that, that, that's one question that's being asked uh, that's out there. And, and you know, we've talked about this for a long time, that eventually we're going to have to learn to live with this. And Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, repeated that sentiment this past week saying, hey, look, we're not pausing the NBA season. We're going to have to learn to live with Omicron, that it's going to be a part of what COVID-19 and part of this culture is. Yeah. And so now here we are, ball." And we knew as we got into the winter months that COVID would probably have another big spike again, that, you know, these, these vaccines weren't going to last forever. We knew that at the time that we got the vaccines, that we were probably going to need boosters at some point, eventually here that it was going to be like the flu shot in a sense that, you know, after a certain period of time, it expires and you need another shot of some sort. So You know, Bo, where we're at, you know, I'm not surprised at all that we're having this spike in cases and, and that things are going this direction, but it's not great timing when you're talking about affecting bowl season and the NFL playoffs coming up, Yeah. Um. but the, the silver lining, I would say, that we're more prepared for this now than what we've been maybe in situations past. That, um, you would think so,
1: yeah. We, we we
0: know how to handle this better. I like the idea personally of, you know, Hey, we don't need to be testing guys that have, you know, been triple vaxxed of some sorts, or if you're asymptomatic, you know, I'm open to the discussion of letting these guys go ahead and play and, and dealing with this, this is a different COVID situation completely than we were pre vaccine days both.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not. I'm not Dr. Fauci. You know, but I do know that we're going to continue to have these issues, and I. I think it just goes to show we need to get our vax. We need to get, get vaccinated. Do your booster. Do everything you can. You know, if nothing else, if you get it, well, then you know that you're going to, not have as hard effects of it. Um, I don't know what the right answer is for these leads. Um, you know, we're now finding that people who are, who have gotten the boot, gotten vaxxed, are testing positive, and like in the NFL's case, they're saying, "Well, we're not going to cancel games, and we're not going to." You know, earlier in the year, they were saying, "Well, we're going to, we're going to make teams forfeit a game if they have a problem." Right, because it was under that the
0: assumption that it was you weren't
1: vaxxed. Yeah, it was because if you weren't vaxxed. Now, now we're seeing that hey. It isn't that people aren't vaxxed. It's that this Omicron variant has made it different. And it's not that this variant is any better or worse than anything else. It's just different. And, and see, how I, I'm finding this whole thing fascinating. And and I, I, I the thing I'm thinking, I think it's interesting is when people say, well, it's being politicized. And it's like, well, I don't know if it's being politicized now. This is just it is what it is. And we really don't have a good feel for what this is. Right. You know, I mean, that's the truth of it. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that it's, I don't have the answers, but no. I think that what we can do is just do the best we can not be each other. And let's figure this thing out.
0: Well, and uh, you know, the, the question about canceling games and such and, and uh, figuring out how to exactly go about that going forward. Look, you know, when it comes down to the idea of, you know, working around these schedules, it, it's a two-edged sword, Bo, because, you know, I feel bad. Take a team, you know, that has no COVID cases, or very minimal, and they're ready to go. They feel like they're being punished when – they have a game that gets pushed to Tuesday and then they have a short week before they're playing another game again of some sorts. It wasn't their fault, you know? And, and I hate that, that that's the case, but I mean, it's unfortunate circumstances. I mean, you control what you can't control. Uh, You know I mean? It's, it's unfortunate, but that's kind of the tough spot, the NFL and some of these leagues are in. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. I hate it for, those guys but i mean if covid's taught us anything these last two years now is we have to learn to be flexible
1: yes i agree we do it we're to be flexible and we have to learn to not just be to one another about it too and i you know i i think that the you know i was like that we had this thing with the raider and the uh raiders and the uh browns this past week where the browns were saying you know uh what was it baker mayfield comes out and says well This is just so unfair. We need to be given extra time. And then the Raiders are coming out saying, well, wait a minute. Why are you penalizing us? So, yeah, there's no, like, correct answer. They're just going to be what it is.
0: Well, and I'll say this. Um, We have no signs, Bo, no reason to believe that the NFL is playing favorites in all this. Has there been some inconsistencies in the NFL and some of these other leagues when it comes to how they've handled COVID and their protocols? Of course, of course there have been inconsistencies, but I don't think games are being moved intentionally to play favoritism for one team or, or another here. Yeah. The NFL is just trying to protect their bottom line.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, 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 the question I have is what happens in the playoffs? Yeah. That's where it's going to get interesting. And and what happens if a team, you know, I don't put that mojo on somebody. But let's say it's a starting quarterback somewhere. You yeah. know, I'm not gonna name a quarterback by name, they're not putting any bad juju out there on anybody. But let's say a starting quarterback gets, you know, tests positive and they don't test negative in time for their game. And now you get into a playoff and you've got a franchise quarterback who can't play. And it it could end the the season for somebody. Right. You know, that's, you know, these are the things that have to be figured out, I suppose. I I don't have the answers. I wish I did. I wish that I could say, hey, here's what I would do. But it kind of is what it is at this point. I hate that thinking, but I mean, we just hold everybody accountable to the same set of standards.
0: So in the college football world, in the college football playoff in particular, they have said that they will, if need be, attempt to delay games, um, you know, push back. But after a certain point, the healthier team would move on and somebody would forfeit if there is yeah. a COVID issue. And then there is a circumstance where if both teams have COVID issues in the national championship game and can't field a roster by a certain period of time, then the national championship is voided. It's listed as a no contest, and it's just vacated. There's no national champion. Bo, well, I don't believe that for a second. Oh, no. Um, There's no way they'll do that. There's no way that they're going to cancel any of these playoff games. If they have to wait a week or two, um, they'll wait as long as possible. There's no need for it. They will get these playoff games in one one way or the other. And and also, too, look at last year. Last year was a disaster of a college football season, right? We still found a way. We still made it through. There was no vaccines back then. And we played and determined a national champion on the field.
1: Yeah,
0: was there some controversy with Ohio State getting in the playoff with only five wins? Yes, but yeah. it still happened. Um, yeah. Before everybody goes into full-on panic mode, we've been here before. We will find a way to get these games that matter in.
1: Yeah, they will. They will find a way to get it done. It's too much money to be left on the table, as well. I mean, that's right. that's the fact. I mean if you all of a sudden don't have the national championship game, that's a lot of refunds you're giving to a lot of people. And I'm not talking about tickets. I'm talking about advertisers and, you know, the NCAA and ESPN and everything else. I mean, that's it ain't, it ain't going down like that.
0: No, no, it's not uh, going down that all, way at all. So that's where we stand when it comes to uh, covid in the uh, sports world at this point in time. The pandemic is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, the the thing that I would say that I would highly advise, and I mentioned this in the summer months last year, and I'll continue to reiterate, these teams, especially if you're in postseason contention of some sorts, you need to consider, and I know that you, you might have to work with some unions or stuff like that, going into the lockdown mode. Put your guys in a hotel.
1: In a bubble, yeah.
0: In a bubble of sorts. And, you know, can't see nobody, can't go anywhere until the season's over.
1: No, and I think the good teams can sell that. We mentioned that on on the Coach Bono's podcast. And it's, you know, that's something that you can sell. You You can get teams to agree to that. You can get players to agree to that you come in and say hey look man we are we have three games left in the regular season and then the playoffs and this is what's important and we need to get this done and we're going to go you put them at uh, you know i'll use Kansas City as, a, as an example you put the chiefs the intercontinental for a month yeah you know when you say hey we're going to turn ballrooms into in the in the, in the, the rooms We're going to be able to make a couple another ballroom into a workout room. We'll be able to get these guys what they need and everything you want. We'll do it first class and get you
0: there. Best food,
1: all that. Best food. Yeah, we'll figure out entertainment. We just got to keep everybody healthy. Right.
0: I think it's a great idea. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Saints did it last year. They were the only team in the NFL that really did it um everyone else kind of cool. had their own built-in protocols so yeah the
1: cowboys have a hotel attached to the um to the facility yeah i mean just, just move right in i mean take the hotel we, we guys want to get the entire hotel for a month yeah we than a half. i mean how bad do you want to win
0: mm-hmm.
1: how important is it to be to you as a player as a group of players to win
0: it sounds cliche but who wants it more So the sec that's who wants it more yeah it means more more. that's two already this show um let's go ahead and go around the uh, national football league look at the uh, games this week starting with thursday night football tonight the 49ers taking on the titans bow the 49ers have certainly turned a corner they're eight and six now they're in playoff contention titans at nine and five coming off a loss to the steelers Last week and the Niners are favored. Bo, this is a really good football game. Two teams that have gone opposite directions the last month.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be interesting. I mean, this is, you know, what the the injury bug has really gotten to Tennessee. Not having Derrick Henry has really changed who they are. It shows how valuable he really is to that franchise. San Francisco, they just they're. They're getting it done. They're getting a little better every week. Um, you know, I they've won a couple big games. I I still think the Titans are gonna win that game. Are we picking that? We're not picking that. So I still like the Titans. Um, I could be wrong, of course. I'm probably gonna be wrong because our picks are showing that, but it is an interesting matchup because it's an important game. Uh, for each team, each team needs the win. The Titans need to win if they have any chance to get a one seed. Mm-hmm. They they have to be perfect. They, they got to go three and and0 these last three games. The Forty Nine ers they need it because you're gonna have to have ten wins to get in, and they're gonna to try to get three teams from the NFC West in because the Cardinals and the Rams are both getting in. Right. So the Forty Nine ers are gonna be perfect. So someone's gonna not get where they want to be and uh I, I don't know i i'm st- I still have a problem with the whole um you know the 49ers and in, in, in Garoppolo and everything there I just
0: Garoppolo's played a lot better the last few weeks he's auditioning for a job for next year yeah and, uh, he's struggling 14 touchdowns 14 interceptions yeah of the season. I think Rappos did enough, Bo. I don't know if he'll be in San Francisco. He's going to be a starter somewhere next year. He will um, be. I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I mean, I, I would say that a lot of it has to do with, you know, not having his running mate, Derrick Henry, but, I mean. I think mean,
1: it's a big part of it.
0: Even then, like, that was – that's a time that he should have stepped his game up.
1: <laughs> I don't disagree with you at all there. That he should step his game up, and it should be he should be playing better. Um, yeah, I don't have a real good feel. That Tennessee needs this game. Um, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. This is this is gonna be an interesting game. There's there's four or five games this weekend that I think are gonna be really interesting. I think this is one I'm starting the weekend off.
0: Christmas Day. Don't worry about watching the NBA games. There's some good NFL on our Christmas Day. Starts out at three uh, thirty Central Time with the Browns and the Packers. Packers favored by seven and a half. It sounds like that uh, Baker Mayfield will likely be back. Kareem Hunt is out, though. Denzel Ward, questionable. Uh, David Njoku's questionable. Um, It's been well-documented, the COVID issues with this Browns team. The the Packers, you know, they they didn't play great in that win they had last week when they uh, got by the Lamar Jackson-less Ravens but knowing the issues that the Browns have and how up and down they've been uh, Packers at home, they should have their way here. I would think.
1: I think so. I I mean, it comes down to the Packers have Aaron Rodgers and nobody else does. Yeah. And and in the end, he's going to find a way he protects the ball and he gets his team in position to win games. Doesn't always be pretty. They don't blow a lot of teams out. They keep winning. And there's a reason they're the number one seed right now in the NFC.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also on Christmas Day, the Colts taking on the Cardinals. The Colts, big-time win on Saturday night against New England, uh, ending the seven-game winning streak of the uh, New England Patriots. The Cardinals at 10-4 and four right now, not playing great as of late, losing to the Lions last week and the Rams the week before that. Bo, uh, Jonathan Taylor, we were talking last week about the MVP race, and you were saying that there was, wasn't was a real clear front runner, that no one was having an MVP caliber season. Jonathan Taylor at 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns, he might be the one having the MVP caliber season.
1: He is. He's in the conversation now. I think he's in the top two. I mean, I, I, I know you – last week when we were talking, you were big on Brady. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with the Jonathan Taylor, or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't think those two, I don't think can go wrong either way. I don't think Tom Brady's a bad choice either. He's definitely worked his way into, into that discussion. And it wouldn't surprise me if Jonathan Taylor was the MVP.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll pick this game later, but Bo, um, I feel a whole lot better about the Colts than I did two weeks ago. And it's in spite of Carson Wentz. Like, Carson didn't play well last week, and they still looked really good.
1: Well, we talked about the Colts and, and, you know, my parts and here. And it, you know, you, their rosters is great. they got a great roster. I mean, the one question mark for them is the quarterback. And I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz myself. don't think he's that great a player. But right now they make it to where he, can, he can't spoil it for them. They're running the ball so well and they play good defense. They got seven pro bowlers. I mean, that's a solid team. They've got a really good top-to-bottom roster.
0: The uh, Lions taking on the uh, Falcons, the Dirty Birds. Um, Bo, the uh, Lions got that win last week against Arizona, and we've been preaching all year long about how Dan Campbell was getting those guys to play for him. They weren't getting the wins, but they were playing hard each week. They get that win there against – you know, the team with the best record in the league, um, to me, it shows two things. Not only that, yes, Dan Campbell is getting these guys to still compete for him, but also the parody that we've talked about all week long. Yeah. Like that's not even this was, it wasn't, didn't even feel like that big of a surprise even that, that they were able to pull that off.
1: Well, pardon me. I I'm surprised that they won the game against Arizona. Um, just cause the matchup of records, but, um, I really like Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell a lot. That guy, you just you can see how he's a player's coach. Players want to play for that guy, and you can see it when you see him on the field. Um, I, I I'm rooting for that guy. And I hope they do well. I I think they're going to get the win against Atlanta as well. I think the Dirty Birds. I mean, I you know I'm a Saints fan. I'm I'm biased. I hate the Dirty Birds, and I I liked what Detroit's doing. I, I see some things when I see the Lions where I go, ah, that's what they got. They get some more pieces. They're going to be a lot better. The biggest thing that will hold them back from making a big the big leap forward to being from a you know three, four, five win team to a 10-win team is going to be the quarterback. The, uh, it, it ain't going to be the head coach. I'll say that.
0: The uh, Ravens taking on the uh, Bengals, both teams at 8 and 6. And uh, the Ravens Last week came very close to beating uh, Green Bay without uh, Lamar Jackson. Cincinnati, on the other hand, uh, they're coming off a uh, win against the Broncos and losing to the 49ers the week before in overtime. Bo, the winner of this game, very well, might win the AFC North.
1: Yeah, the winner does win the North, I think. Um, Bengals need this game. Well, they both need this game. But Bengals need this game because they got to win out. The Bengals have the Chiefs next week. So – I think that um, you look at this, this to me is the most important game of the weekend because of the way the division will work. The winner of this game effectively wins the division. And also I think that the winner of this game, the loser of this game may be out completely,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: especially if it's the Bengals. Um, I just, man, the Bengals offensive line is bad. And the Bengals can't afford to lose this because they do play the Chiefs next week. And, I don't see them winning that game. But so.
0: well, and uh, you look at the stretch for all four teams. All four teams, in the AFC North can still technically win the division. Yeah, it's not easy for any of them. They all play tough teams. Yeah,
1: down the stretch. Yeah, I have stretch. the, list. Yeah, I have the a, list here, and it is a mess. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Uh, I, I think the Ravens are the team that's going to end up being the winner. Uh, I think they're going to win the North. Um, and. I'm not going to predict who I think the wild card teams are. There's just there's a lot up in the air when it comes to the wild cards, but uh, the Bengals need that game. They cannot have they have zero room for error if they lose that game. They'll have to go beat the Chiefs next week.
0: The uh, Rams taking on the Vikings. Rams at ten and four. Vikings at seven and seven on the year. The uh, Rams uh, had to play Tuesday night against uh, Seattle and they'll uh, turn around to play Sunday against Minnesota here. Bo, um, Minnesota's offense has looked really good. Um, You know, I I feel like the Rams are the superior team, but I feel for these guys having to play on Tuesday unexpectedly and then turn around on the week of Christmas to travel, make it a short week, and play Minnesota here. Um, That's no tall task for what they're being put through.
1: That's, that's, that that is no tall task, and, and normally you would just look at the teams on paper and go, "Wow, one of these teams is a lot better than the other." Um, I think the Rams are back. By the way, I'll, I'll be I'll do play my part of being Tom this week and say, "Hey, the Rams are back. Uh, They've looked great the last three weeks." Um, I, I think the Rams are. Def- I think what'll help the Rams their defense is so good, um, and we're starting to see a couple of the, especially the last late in the game this past week uh, with the, um, where the defense front plays they are going to get pressure on, on Kirk cousins. And what do we know about Kirk cousins? Every time you cash the paycheck, he's stealing money. That dude is, he's just not, the game is bigger than he is. Yeah. He does. He, he's not, I don't have any confidence in Kirk cousins in the big moment. He's not a leader. I don't think he is either. I think that – I mean, I don't think that – There's not another
0: league. quarterback in the league that trashes his teammates more than Kirk Cousins. Why would you want to play for that guy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think that they'll have the best – I think they'll have the best offensive player on the field when they have Justin Jefferson out there. He's phenomenal. But, I I mean, Jalen Ramsey's been shutting everybody out.
0: Yeah.
1: And, I mean, what he did to DK Metcalf a couple of nights ago is pretty phenomenal. Give me uh, uh yeah. Well, I guess we'll pick it later, but I'm picking the Rams.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Bills and uh, Patriots. Bo, can uh, the Pats get away with only three passes again?
1: No. I was watching one of these shows. I mean, they're all the same, the ones in the morning on ESPN. Uh, when I'm here at my office, I usually have CNBC up on the TV screen. And one day last week or two weeks ago, it might have been now, um, I switched to ESPN one morning. I just couldn't take it anymore. I didn't want any more of the markets. My brain was just mush. And whoever it was on NFL, whatever the NFL show is, it's in the early afternoon. You know better than I do.
0: NFL Live.
1: It, it, yes, it was NFL Live. Okay. So someone in there was talking about the – how the Patriots play pre-the Colts game. And they were saying, well, the Patriots can't go out here and expect to win games. They're only going to throw the ball three times. And I was like, "You idiot! They're not going to do that every week. <laughs> they just did it that one time. It was the situation."
0: Matt Jones threw it over forty times last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I, that that talking heads thing. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I but I, I the Patriots are going to be fine. This is the 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 Ray, I said Ravens Bengals is a big game. Buffalo New England's a big game because New England needs the game. If the Chiefs can slip up to get the one seed, but Buffalo needs this to have any shot. Yeah. I mean, they got to get the division. If they don't, they can back into a wild card. But, I mean, New England can effectively put Buffalo down
0: mm-hmm.
1: by winning this game.
0: Jags and Jets. I uh, don't know why anybody would watch that game. Um, Bo, uh, another week with uh, without Urban Meyer, and uh, the names are starting to pop up now for that Jags job, too.
1: Yeah, may I? Okay, who are the names coming up for that job?
0: Uh Eric Bignami. Mm-hmm. His name has uh, has popped up. Their current interim head coach Daryl Bevel. His name has, uh, um, and, uh, name has uh popped up.
1: That's a mistake.
0: Um, and Kellen Moore's name has popped up. The mistake. Those are the first ones that that I've heard. All right.
1: If you listen to the po- Coach Bono's podcast, I'm going to go. In pre- may, I, may I may I take? The yes. for a moment here. Yes, yes. It is clear that Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, listens to the Coach Bono's podcast. Did you know that? Okay. He listens every week. Just before he fired Urban Meyer, I went on and said, Hey, here's the reasons you got to fire him. You got to fire him for calls. He took my playbook, he took exactly what I told him to do. You
0: also said that he was going to hire a former wrestler.
1: I just, that was a joke. That part was a joke. Okay, I, so you're not doing that. Yes, yeah, don't hire Kenny Omega to be the next. You know. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bad idea. Yeah, if the young bucks are the coordinators, it's going to be a problem. But what I do think he ought to do, and I'll talk about this at length on the on this week's podcast on Friday. Um, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars should hire Byron Leftwich.
0: That's another name I, I forgot. Yes,
1: that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer on so many levels. And I just think he's a perfect fit. I think that's exactly who the cons ought to hire. And if Shad Khan messes this up, we have to do team take, take the team away from him. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's who I would that's who I'd go with. I would take Byron. It makes sense on so many levels. I'm not going to get all into it. Go to my podcast and you'll hear it all about
0: the uh, Giants and the Eagles. both at the beginning of the year, you told me the Eagles were tanking if they were throwing this season away. Now they're 500 and they can still make the playoffs.
1: Yes. How wrong was that on this? So what, I mean, it looked like what the season was going to be because of all the, the the salary cap stuff, it looked like the season was going to be, this is the audition to see if Jalen Hurts is going to be a quarterback going forward. Um, They have surprised me. They're seven and seven. Um, They have absolutely surprised me. They're in this. Uh, Part of that is the NFC has not been as strong as the AFC and, you know, a seven and seventeen is gonna to be tough to get it would be a lot tougher if you had to win three games in a row in the AFC. But they can sneak in. This is a sneaky game. I mean, Eagles win this game, they can make the playoffs. Yes. I would have never thought that at the beginning of the season. No. No. But they were smart. They got rid of Carson Wentz. I mean, it, it cost them, cost them a lot, but they did it. So yeah. I mean it was it was all salary cap number was the reason I said they're doing a punt in that game, punt in the season. But clearly they've done a really nice job. And hats off to that franchise, hats off to their coaching staff for doing for going through all that.
0: Um and Nick Siriani is test positive for COVID, likely not gonna coach on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. but I mean they shouldn't need him if they're gonna beat the uh the lowly uh, giants. Uh Bucks and Panthers, Bucks get shut out last week. Tom Brady's throwing the Microsoft Surface Pros. He's cussing out the Saints bench. Um, if there was ever a time for the Bucks to get back on track, this is a great opportunity against this bad Panthers team here. That's going to yeah. play Cam Newton and Sam Darnold on Sunday.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, the Tampa would get right. Look, Tom Brady ran into the Saints again. He he just there's something about the Saints and Tom Brady. It's the only team he does not have a 500 record against. He's four and five career against the Saints. Um, but no, the Tampa's going to get right because they got two of the next three against Carolina as well. They end the season against Carolina at home. Uh, this is a get right game. Tampa will be fine. They have a lot of injuries. I mean, obviously they had Godwin's out for the season. Uh, Mike Evans got hurt last week and then Leonard Fournette's going to be out. So, uh, they're going to try some different things, figure out some stuff, but uh, I have no reason to think they can't just put some pieces out there and let let uh, Brady cook.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, a couple more for you here: Chargers and Texans. Uh, Bo, Chargers uh, won't be winning the AFC West more than likely after uh, suffering that loss on Thursday, but uh, yeah. they could still find themselves as the uh, highest wild card team potentially.
1: They could. Yeah, I the Chargers. Gave that game to the Chiefs. They gave it to them.
0: Brandon the three, Staley the, in particular, yes.
1: Yeah, I mean... The, the, and I like player. coaches
0: being aggressive, but you can't be dumb about it. I mean, like... And he
1: was, and he was dumb about it.
0: Like, you know, fourth you and one at the goal line? Yes, of course. But at exactly. the... Exactly. Take the points.
1: But but at it, it, fourth and five, you have to take the points, yes. You have to take advantage of the... You had the long kickoff and the return, and yeah, I and he did that three times. There was... You can argue that the third time was a long field goal, and maybe, maybe, maybe. But the, the, the numbers, the actuary people there are saying, well, yeah, but it's a better play. It wasn't that much better a play. And I think we saw, if you look at what happened with Tampa and New Orleans on Sunday night, you know, the Saints took the points every time they could.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and they let it happen. They let they trust the defense. Had the chargers trusted their defense taking the points three times, they'd have won that game because they'd have been up at least 13, probably 16, with four minutes to go. Yeah, you know,
0: hey, uh, a few more here for you. Let's roll through the rest of these real quick. Uh, yeah. Bears and uh, Seahawks, Bo. Uh, the Seahawks are they the most disappointing team in the league this year?
1: I think so. I, I, I yeah. I think so. I think you're onto something there. I think it's there the, on
0: offense, too.
1: Yeah. I, I think that this could be the last ride for Pete Carroll as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised that whole thing gets blown up. That if, if Russ is gone, if, if Pete Carroll's gone, it just wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Steelers and Chiefs will pick this game coming up later here. Both the Steelers, seven, six, and one, somehow in some way. That's not a very good team. Um, what do you think of the job Mike Tomlin's done with that crew? Do you think they can hang with Kansas City on Sunday here, or is Chiefs going to win this one running away?
1: I, you know, it's easy to overreact and say, well, one team's bad, one team's really good, and it's, but it's the NFL, and you just never know. Um, the also the thing here is the Chiefs have got a whole bunch of COVID stuff going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, who knows who's playing yet? I mean, we're right. We don't really know. I'll, I'll have a better feel for that come come Sunday, but. You know, there was, there was some talk, I guess, of moving that game, possibly. So, I mean, I don't know what you've heard on that, but I had heard that in passing, so I don't know. Um, I, the Chiefs are going to win the game. I wonder how close it's going to be. That's my question. Yeah. I, your question about Tomlin, though, he's done a heck of a job this year. That's a bad team. Mm-hmm. It's a bad quarterback right now. I mean, Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger is a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback in his career. But he's so cooked. He's just, he's he's overweight. That that being that big, I don't mean overweight as he's fat and it's slow because of that. He's just big. He's a big guy. And that pounding his body has taken with that size has affected him now. And he shouldn't be playing at this age. Um Not that body type. Brady's got the TV 12 method. Uh,
0: I don't want the BR7 method, whatever that is. And
1: the BR7's got to involve Buffalo wings and beer, though.
0: He, he says that he eats pizza and drinks Pepsi and beer every day.
1: Man, I, it, it looks like it. <laughs> that, that's a guy that, again, had he – and it's hard. I mean, he's a, big, he's a naturally big man. For most of position. his career,
0: he used his size to his advantage.
1: Yes, he did. And it's hard to be a big man and play that position mm-hmm. for that long. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I I give Ben Roethlisberger a lot of grief. But he's, what, 38? Yeah. And then look at the draft class. He was up there with Eli and with uh, Rivers. He's the last man standing. And that's really hard on his body at that age. So, I mean, got to give him some credit for that.
0: I think so. Broncos and Raiders, uh, Bo, a toss-up game here. Who thought that both these teams would still be in playoff contention?
1: Yeah. Again, this is one of those if you got to, if the right things drop, hey, the Broncos have got some nice pieces.
0: Yeah, and they don't have Teddy. They're going to trust Drew, Drew Locke here.
1: Yeah, there's some nice pieces to build upon with the Broncos. And I've seen them play well, the way I've not, now I wouldn't say well, but you can see some spots. The Broncos are sort of the AFC version of a better version of the Lions. Mm-hmm. You can see some things. So, yeah.
0: I think you're right about that. Uh, Washington and Dallas. Uh, Dallas at 10-4, and four, but they're not playing sexy by any means. I mean, you beat the Giants last week 21-6. to Beat Washington the week before that 27-20. Saints 27-17. They're on a three-game win streak, but they're clearly not playing their best football right now. Dak's kind of falling out of the MVP conversation. Bo, um, it's weird that we're – talking about the Cowboys winning and that not being good enough you tell Cowboy fans that week 16 you're going in 10 and 4 at the beginning of the season I'm sure they would have been
1: thrilled yeah I agree with that I think the other piece of that is to me Dallas can beat any team or lose to any team and the formula seems pretty easy it's are they running the football if they run the football, we talked about it in the past. If they're running the football, they're going to be really hard to beat. They're going to be a hard out if they run the football as much or more than they throw the ball. Mm-hmm. It's going to make the passing game more efficient as well. And I think that's part of the reason that Dak is not in the MVP conversation anymore is because they're put too much back on it to make mm-hmm. him throw the ball so many times. So, um, I, I you yeah, know, I think Dallas is a team that would be sneaky hard out in the playoffs – if they run the football,
0: yeah. Uh, last one, Dolphins and Saints, both teams in seven and seven. Bo, a couple weeks ago, if you would have told me that this matchup would actually mean something, I would have said you were crazy, but here we are.
1: Yeah, I, I, my New Orleans Saints somehow have played their way back into an opportunity to get the playoffs and the Dolphins and the Dolphins. Hey, I mean, the Dolphins were sitting at one point like two and five or something like that. We were like, oh my god, they're gonna fire Brian Flores and. We, you know, you and I both loved what the Dolphins looked like coming into the season. We thought they were going to be super competitive. Now they really are competitive. They're just so far behind, they can't catch up now. But can you see some things there? I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I, I'm i a Saints fan. It hurts my feelings to say it. I want to pick the Saints. I can't trust the Saints to taste and kill quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you why. He can't throw the football. Yeah, he can't throw the football to a receiver unless that receiver is just butt naked wide open. I mean, unless the guy is wide open, he can't hit a receiver. It has to, everything is schemed up, and you can't scheme people up at the NFL. It doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I don't understand it either. Um, but there you have it. That's our look around the NFL this week. We'll have more NFL discussion coming up later on in the Football Fix, and we'll also have our town full of the week as well but coming up next it is Caden McFarland KJRH in Tulsa he's going to join us next stay with us here on the Jones Report. <laughs> Joining us now here on the Jones Report this week from KJRH in Tulsa Oklahoma it is uh, the one and only Caden McFarland who is back on the uh, program once again. Caden always a pleasure and I got to tell you, I was uh, I was trying to figure out how to bring on this week, and then when uh, you tweeted me telling me that I had brought violence to the week of Christmas, I said, "Okay, I chose we, violence." I chose violence. That this was the man we needed to talk to this week.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I. That was not my intent. Uh, I just wanted to wanted to let you know. I I I saw what you were doing. You know, I saw that tweet almost. Uh, maybe maybe I have my notifications on for you. I saw. It, I feel like immediately, and I thought it had the potential uh, to to become a thing. And then when I checked back in, maybe after you responded a day or two later, uh, sure enough, yeah, you started a bit of a firestorm there. Uh, you know, and a lot of people. Uh, seem to be in the camp. Uh, You know, the, uh, oh, I've lived both places. I like both places. Why are we fighting about this? And my thing is, I mean, what, what, what good is Twitter if we're not going to have an argument every now and again, I mean, people have been doing the Tulsa, Oklahoma city thing forever. I think most people are doing it good naturedly. They believe what they're saying. I mean, those of us who live in Tulsa prefer Tulsa generally those who live in OKC prefer OKC generally. I mean, What's wrong with airing our grievances every once in a while? At hey, Christmas, best time. Why not? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, well done, get a Tyler. head start on festiveness.
2: Yes. Exactly. That's what well, we got going on. The airing of grievances.
0: Exactly. Well, and so a little context. I was home visiting family. You know, my family lives in Broken Arrow, in you know, the Tulsa area, and uh, I had to make a visit to the Oklahoma City area. I was taking a tour. Uh, from a friend of mine that's one of the new associate athletic directors at OU and uh, spent some time in Norman then went to Bricktown in Oklahoma City and I was walking around Bricktown and I'm like wow this is kind of underwhelming you know I mean like I'm like this isn't oh, that gosh. that great and I was just out in downtown Tulsa on Saturday night and had oh. an incredible time and it was great and mm-hmm. and then it, I, it just, I just thought about it, and it was on my mind, and <laughs> on the way home, I'm like, let's go ahead and take to Twitter about this, and I didn't see that coming, the reaction.
2: <laughs> it took off. It took off. That's uh, the power of uh, the Tyler Jones media uh, empire, right? I, you, you put it out there. Look, uh, it's interesting you say that because when I first moved here 14 years ago, as much as I loved the architecture uh, in downtown Tulsa, there would have been no comparison. You know, not that I just love Bricktown; it's a little bit kitschy. Uh, but the energy there versus what it was like in downtown Tulsa—I mean, th- there really was no comparison. OKC had a speed but Tulsa has made a lot of improvement that way. And certainly, you catch it on the right night, and there are a lot of right nights. Um, and it's really, really cool and really unique. I mean, look—are hey, are we going into this? Do you want me to go fully Let's into this go in. or uh, Go in. Uh is the better sports town. I I you can't you can't deny that they have, that. The they, have they have the fair. Oklahoma City Thunder yes. and the Sooners right down the road. Um T uh, you know TU and O R U are are fun in their own way, especially when basketball's good and when football's good for TU. Uh, Tulsa has some really unique and fun things to offer, but we are not the sports town they are. But you know my, my wife worked down at Oklahoma city for a time. It is much prettier here. It just is, you know, there's a reason we call it green country. It's not like, it's not the greenest place on earth, but it's relatively green. It is green compared to that, which is West of us, including Oklahoma city. Their dirt uh, it, is red there. That's, that's right. And there's just <laughs> a charm. There's a charm to Tulsa that I happen to like. So I prefer Tulsa. People can have their opinion on OKC. They can say they you know, they prefer. And I, I get that. And if you're a, sports first guy i get that i respect that opinion uh but no i, I love this town I'm, I'm team tulsa for sure i never lead with the quick trip argument i saw one today <laughs> in on a, on a response somebody said an okc person said and we're closer to dfw and i said that is the worst argument i've ever heard in this entire debate Clo- uh, first of all you're like closer, minutes, by an closer hour. to dfw yeah I, I, fort worth maybe to dallas i bet you to downtown dallas we're within 30 minutes but that said that is no argument for the superiority of one city over the other <laughs> who in the world. If I never go to DFW again, it will be too soon. I, it's just, it's too big. It takes absolute. I, we went to Arlington for the big 12 championship game. I've been driving for an hour and a half. I'm still not out of the Metroplex. I mean, who needs that headache? It being closer to that, and it's just one Chili's or Applebee's after another, right? I mean, it is there are more chain restaurants and strip malls in that town than any other in America. What could be less charming than the Dallas Metroplex? They've got some stuff. I'm not saying that they have a lot of stuff, but it is just one suburb, you know, suburb and their, you know, laundry list of uh chain restaurants after another after another. Other after another, and takes me forever to get home.
0: And that's
2: Later, very well man. said. Thank very you. well said. Nicely done.
0: Thank you for uh, coming to the defense of Tulsa. And being a, uh, <laughs> yeah. we are a pro Tulsa show, and all this, you know, for yes. to give an outside perspective because you know we have an audience you know elsewhere, you know, throughout this you know the Midwest and such. And uh, the way that I put it, Caden was that if you've been to Texas. You know, Tulsa and Oklahoma City, I think, are smaller versions of Tulsa is like a smaller Austin and Oklahoma City would be like a smaller Houston. Hmm. Yep, I can see some of that. And um, nobody is choosing Houston over Austin.
2: Nobody. Well, some people would if you're in the oil and gas business. You know, if you're, uh, you know, there are people who would and to each his own. But if you're talking about charm, right, maybe even sophistication. Yes. You're right. I mean, like, <laughs> and on the sports team thing,
0: I will concede and give them those teams. And
2: I am we all we all have cable TV. What the what are we talking about? I, 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 watch, I watch every single Thunder game. What I, I can make that drive anytime I want. I, it's what, not bad.
0: I can no. go drive and see the thunder and sleep in my own bed just fine.
2: Absolutely. I have, I've done it hundreds of times. I've, I, and I love going down to the city for a Thunder game. Love it. I also love that I don't have to cover them and do a live shot 41 times a year every time they're at home, especially now that they stink. Like, although, is it four-game winning streak now? Three-game winning streak. Break up the Thunder. Break up the Thunder, Tyler.
0: And uh, one of the best turnarounds in NBA history from that Grizzlies loss
2: to the win? Yes. From <laughs> 73 down. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, it, look, they've got a nice little core. It, Lou Dort becoming a consistent offensive thing. I, you know, and I love Giddy. SGA is, he's that dude. I mean, there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like going for. I give them the thunder. If you are a sports first or sports only guy, Oklahoma City's better than Tulsa, but. I think there's more to life than that. I think there
0: is. And they're not getting the PGA championship next year. That's a fact. They don't have Southern
2: Hills. Got good golf down there, but they don't have Southern Hills. Have you played Southern Hills? No, I, (laughs) I have had the occasion maybe twice for media events, but I'm just not enough of a golfer. And you know, it's funny. Um, I was covering the big 12 championship there five, six years ago. And they were, they were rushing the trophy ceremony, trying to get us out of there as soon as possible so they could get members back on, on the course. And the first people up were three little old ladies. And the first shot goes sideways. And I thought to myself, I never think about that. But there are people who absolutely cannot play, have a lot of money, but absolutely cannot play. <laughs> and I don't want to say they're desecrating this beautiful course, but you know what I mean? It's just funny to think about little old ladies hitting it sideways out of beautiful championship level Southern Hills. Um, no, that's the point. I would hit it sideways and I don't, I don't need to embarrass myself or degrade the course in any way, shape or form. I love going. I love visiting when they will have me. I always say going to Southern Hills is kind of like going to Europe. I go in the club out and everything there is older and more expensive than anything I will ever own. And you know, I get a kick out of it. I, I right. love going to Southern Hills, but I'm not going to play that course and make everybody feel sorry for me. And right, you don't want to look myself. like you're somebody from
0: Oklahoma City,
2: right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I said it, not Caden. Don't get yeah, th- not me. No.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll in uh, we'll this, and then move on. But I, I want to go on a positive note as we wrap up this Tulsa, Oklahoma City debate. What what would you say is the the best things about Tulsa for those that may not know or need a refresher of sorts?
2: Well, I think to some, it doesn't sound right to lead with a park, but the gathering place has to be seen to be believed. And I get to take my kids there any day I want. I don't know how many, 50, 60 times a year. And it's absolutely free. And it is world-class. It is an amazing park right along the river. We have an actual river, not a thing we had to build or construct. Not a creek. I love the architecture. I just love, I love the people and the vibe. I like that it's not the biggest city in the too. state of Oklahoma. I like that it's nowhere near as spread out as Oklahoma city. And mostly I just love that we have a few Hills and it's greener here. It's prettier. Uh, I love, you know, some of the history, you know, that so much of the oil money came from the East here where it came up from Texas and Oklahoma city. And so there's just a different Uh, Different culture. And, you know, I I don't want to say more culture, but the culture is different. The vibe is different. Um, You know, and it's a city that has had to find its way because of so much of the oil that's been lost to Houston, uh, mostly and other places, I suppose. So it was a city looking for an identity or at least an economic backbone for a long time. Um, But there's so much new energy, you know, especially things going on downtown. And, you know, I I think it's become a city that really encourages young entrepreneurs, especially. And so there's just a nice mix of things going on. Uh, And I love that we are close enough. I mean, I know it is a two hour drive for us, but we cover the Sooners, we cover the Cowboys. But then we've also got the other D1s right in our own backyard with TU and ORU. There's such great flavor here. And we have the Superior High School Football, which is really fun. I mean, to a lot of people, you know, that's a who cares sort of thing. But to me, I, I love that. I love Jenks and Union and Broken Arrow and Owasso and all those rival And Bixby, again, I mean, the best of the bunch right now. So um, I, I love the sports landscape. I love what I get to cover when I leave this city. But I also love what we have right here in our own backyard. Uh, you know, and I can go on and on about how much I love, you know, so much of the architecture in Midtown and just, I, I love the vibe and the culture of this place. Now, uh, I have not lived in Oklahoma city full time. Uh, my wife worked there. And so we had a room that we rented for a while and I was sort of back and forth, but I've not lived there enough to, you know, it, it's, I, I can't make apples to apples comparisons. Um, But I do prefer it here. Mostly that we don't have the red dirt. It's not quite – the wind doesn't blow quite as much. It's not quite as dusty, and it's just a prettier town. I like that about Tulsa.
0: There you go. There you have it. Beautifully said, uh, Caden McFarland. Uh, We thank you for that. Um, now that we've covered that, no
2: idea, had no idea I would be doing this with my day, by the way, no idea I'd be here in my car. So I don't wake up my kids, uh, you know, extolling the virtues of Tulsa v. Oklahoma city, but I'm glad you called felt good to get that off my chest. I'm
0: glad you did. You spoke for the people of Tulsa and did it so well. Cade McFarland
2: works for you. Or or, that's not anymore. You guys dropped that. Now you're, uh, yeah, just two news, Oklahoma, baby. We're still, we still have the investigative department that's working for you but actually i got the there it is right there the new logo okay News oklahoma okay i'll send Ready? you one of these okay i would love to wear that actually yeah. uh even
0: even if i do work for another company i don't need to know that uh, uh i love it <laughs> caden uh brent venables uh you know brent well uh he was there not it doesn't seem like that long ago what'd you make the hiring of uh brent coming to norman
2: I love it um, because I really, really like Brent. Now, I only had two or three years with him. And in fact, I probably talked to him more um, in a sit down during media day before the Orange Bowl when Clemson beat Oklahoma uh, back after the 2015 season. And he was so incredibly gracious with his time then. And anybody who's covered him, the entire media cabal there in uh, Norman and Oklahoma City and here in Tulsa. Uh, the people, at least who who go back to his final year, 2011, and all, you know that great decade he spent with Bob, uh, love the guy um, as a person. As as a defensive coordinator, he's the most accomplished in college football over the last two decades. I mean, this has sort of been the mo for OU. They don't hire guys who have been a head coach elsewhere. Uh-huh. Um, like Howard Schnellenberger would have been the only one, and that that didn't go great at all. Um, So this has been the formula. It's been good. They promote coordinators and no coordinator in the country deserved a promotion like this more than Brent Venables. The beautiful thing, you know, when he left in 2011, most OU fans were ready for him to leave. And in hindsight, it is absolutely amazing. I mean, his worst Oklahoma defense was so much better than the five or six, you know, that Mike Stoops coordinated Uh, you know, when Venables left in hindsight, he was doing incredible work. Even when people here thought that wasn't necessarily the case. And then he went to Clemson and did the best only got better. And I think did learn a lot from Davos Sweeney. I think that will serve him well as a head coach. Now in Norman, he recruited the Southeast successfully. And I think maybe more than anything else, the reason he's the head coach at the university of Oklahoma today is the fact that he has gone, even though not in the SEC, he's gone toe-to-toe recruiting with some of the best teams in the SEC, and he's fielded defenses that, were, that won national titles twice and were capable of winning national titles year in, year out. Can he pull some of that Southeastern talent? Because that's where the best players in America play, right? That's where mm-hmm. the best high school football is played, or at least the most talented kids play in the Southeast. Can he pull some of those difference makers, some of that first-round NFL talent, to Norman, he only needs two or three, right, to sprinkle in with. You know, Texas will still be uh, where where OU makes most of its hay, but he would only need a, a handful of kids to be able to mix it up with those those boys in the southeast. To me, that was the number one thing you needed in the next OU football coach: somebody who could recruit and keep up with those boys in the SEC. And he's so relationship based and people based. Um, or he's so good with people, I should say, and he's got that track re- record in the Southeast. To me, nothing is ever a sure thing, but I, I think it was a heck of a hire.
0: Yeah, I'd so, I think so too. And, you know, Oklahoma, as good as they'd been the last few years, had gotten away from being physical, and being yeah. tough. And you see him still salvage this recruiting class to be a top 10 class I don't think there's any reason when you see that the guys who are staying around that know how OU works, Brent included too. I don't think there's any reason to think this team's even going to take much of a step back. If they do, it won't last long at all. I don't think.
2: People love Jeff Levy and what he brings to the table and the track record is really good. If they can keep Caleb Williams. And if Jeff Levy is as good as people say, I think what you said is exactly right. I, I don't, see them taking much of a step back at all. Um, We'll see, I guess, um, you know, what they ultimately lose to the portal. I mean, I think the worst of that is behind us, but maybe not, you know, and maybe there will be even more of an exodus uh, after the bowl game, but I have no doubt that in short order, the toughness, as you mentioned in the program will be improved the culture, at least with regard to toughness and probably in a lot of other ways to, let's say selflessness, um, everybody all in sort of thing. I, I think that stuff will all improve. Lincoln Riley had his strengths, but in hindsight, and now with, you know, five years of evidence, I think we can all say that wasn't what he did best. The, the team building uh, the, you know, the building of, of a tough team um, pushing kids to their, their absolute limit. I mean, that, that wasn't his bag. And uh, I, with Brent Minables, I think you can expect that and, OU fans expect that. You know, I mean they were enamored with Lincoln Riley. I go back to the 2017 Rose Bowl game against Georgia and they were up 31-17 at the half and I think I might have tweeted that he was going to win that multiple national titles at OU. I mean that was that was what we all thought at the moment, you know, and and they still had the residue from, you know, two decades of Bob Stoops. It was a tough program. But even though the defense wasn't great, and then you bring in Lincoln Riley in this offense that is space age, and he just he was able to draw up plays in a way that I, he just he was the best offensive coordinator in the country. Yeah, you guys were running wide open everywhere you looked, and you had all that NFL talent. We know all those guys: Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown and Baker Mayfield and all the, and the entire line, all those guys who have gone on to successful NFL careers so far. But it got a little bit – they lost a little bit with each year. In 2018, the defense was just an absolute mess. And in 2019 with Jalen Hurts, the offense never did reach the heights that it did with Mayfield uh, and, uh, and Murray. And then 2020, even though they finished on an eight-game winning streak, there was some fool's gold there. The Big 12 was a little bit down. And, and you know, in this year, there's just no denying they, they weren't great. And it was probably – if you look at, like, the advanced metrics, SP+, FEI, I mean, it was the worst OU team in years and years, you know, even worse than some of the ones that went like eight and five under Bob Stoops. And I think 2005 and 2009, the you know, injuries were the, the reason in 09. Uh, they just weren't very good this year. They, they played a lot of really bad or average teams way closer than they should have your Kansas Jayhawks, for instance, <laughs> uh, you know, and then took the two losses at the end of the year and just, you know, it, they did not it, in the season where they came in <clears throat> with the very highest expectations, they had had in the Lincoln Riley era, they had, by, you know, by far the, the worst season. Uh, so, you know, that's not to, not, I, I bet he goes to USC and has incredible success. There are things Lincoln Riley does really well, better than almost anybody in the country, uh, but he's not a perfect coach and and toughness. You mentioned the word toughness, and that's the key word. I, they will be improved in that area. Almost no doubt in my mind with Brent Venables as head coach. Looking
0: back how this transition went, we saw the reaction from Sooner Nation and how Lincoln delivered the message of that he wasn't going to LSU to the point that Brent Venables got hired. What a wild couple of weeks that stretch was, Caden. I mean, this is – this doesn't happen every day in in the state of Oklahoma here. No,
2: No, uh, it was – gosh, that Bedlam game feels like it was three years ago. Um, You know, it was coming to the end of the football season – And, you know, we were doing the live shots at the Bedlam game. Those are long days. And so you finish, and there was this sigh of relief in the post game when he said, I will not be the next coach at LSU. Cause I was getting blown up. My phone, you know, my boss, our general manager, is texting me, Hey, friends are saying Lincoln Riley's going to LSU. What do you know about this thing? And it just seems so far fetched to me that Lincoln Riley would leave the University of Oklahoma for LSU. Maybe he's using them to make a little bit more money here, but I just couldn't imagine. Why? I mean, OU is about to go to the SEC. Why would you go to LSU in the SEC? And then the bombshell the next day. And so you're, you spend the entire day working that story. And then the very next day, there's the press conference where Joe Castiglione and Bob Stoops are, you know, trying to do damage control. And on the way back from that, you know, from doing the live shots there, um, you know, I find out that Brian Kelly is actually the guy who's going to take that LSU job and I'm telling you, man, I, I didn't know what to make of any of it. Um, it is, I guess that's about a 48 hour period from Bedlam to, you know, Brian Kelly taking the LSU job, unlike anything I've experienced, uh, in 14 years of, of covering college football. And certainly here at the university of Oklahoma, (laughs) you're right. I, I remember saying when Lynn, Lincoln Riley won his second game, which, incredibly, beating Ohio State in his second game was the high water mark of the Lincoln Riley era. That was as good as it got, or yeah. like, you could say, I suppose, half halftime of that Rose Bowl. But his signature victory came in game number two, beating Ohio State on the road. And I remember after that ball game on the rant, telling Big Al, "Can you imagine being an OSU fan right now? You have just had to deal with nearly two decades of Bob Stoops." And just one of the best coaches there is. And <laughs> you couldn't beat that guy. After Les Miles beat him a couple times early, you just couldn't do it. In 2013, OSU had the better team, couldn't pull it off and on and on. You know, we know the, the Bedlam series. He steps down, and you think, well, maybe. I mean, who knows? Lincoln Riley's promising, but he's brand new. Yeah, maybe this is Gundy's time. And within two games, it was pretty obvious. And I said for 20 years, you're going to have to deal with Lincoln Riley now beating your head in. Well, (laughs) no, (laughs) I mean, you know, at OU, Bud Wilkinson, Barry Switzer, Bob Stoops, all those guys stayed for nearly two decades. I expected the same from Lincoln Riley when it's going good there. It's a great place to be. There's no reason to leave. I just assumed unless it was the Dallas Cowboys, he would do the same thing. Uh, You know, and you got about a fourth of what I was projecting right off the bat. So. we, I, I certainly misread him in a lot of ways, um, you know, and that's not to say that um, he doesn't deserve to be able to make the move. I mean, the only thing I would criticize him on is I do think he's running from the challenge of the sec in a lot of ways, but yeah. at the same time, I get, I, I get it. He had the cat by the tail early on. Nobody had caught up to his offense. Give Iowa state a lot of credit. People have copied what Iowa state did. The umbrella coverage has thrown Riley and, and a lot of the air raid guys for a loop. Notre Dame's on it. The last two times they've played USC, Graham Harrell calling the plays there. People have figured out some answers for the air raid. Uh, and I think, I, I think he understood that if I take this into the sec now, it may not go great. You know, and that, that's, that's, not, that, that was never part of the plan for Lincoln Riley because I do think he wants to end up in the NFL eventually. So uh, going to USC, getting a bit of a reset, being able to build that program, and being at the school that has absolutely no excuse to ever be down in that conference. I mean, it, it OU and the STC, they can be doing it their very best. They can be working that thing, recruiting well, coaching them up, and still not be the best in that conference. Still not even be the second best team in that conference, you can, that's totally possible. Uh, If he does his job at USC, the Trojans will win that league almost every year. I it's just, it's a different, different challenge.
0: So what do you make of these uh, bowl games for uh, OU and OSU? Uh, OU playing Oregon. We see the return of Bob Stoops. One last hoorah of sorts. We didn't really get to say goodbye to Bob the first time because he retired after he was uh, already done coaching football games. Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, not what they wanted, but certainly a a very good season, taking on your Notre Dame team. You'll
2: be there. What do you think of these two games here? Well, it's funny, you know, because we don't know exactly who's, you know, I mean, so many of the stars are missing for this Alamo Bowl on, on both sides, you know, and the head coaches are missing for Oregon and Oklahoma. It doesn't hold near the intrigue for me. Uh, that it would otherwise Bob Stoops is the intrigue right I would just love to see that guy pick up win number 191 would love to see him get revenge for the debacle the you know the officiating debacle in 2006 the last time they faced Oregon Um, it's interesting for that that reason but in no way is this going to make or break Oklahoma's season I don't get the sense that the players who are involved Uh, are as all in as you would be if it was the playoffs or a bigger bowl or a greater, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'd love to win. Uh, I don't doubt that they're practicing I think Bob's the one that cares about this the most. You would think. Um, You know, the thing that will be fascinating there, and the reason I would pick OU in this matchup is the quarterback, Caleb Williams. You know, if he had bounced, obviously, we'd be talking about a very different set of circumstances. This uh for that team in Norman. But if he's there, I think they'll have the better quarterback in this matchup. And you know, hey, at that point, why not give them the edge? Even though I think, you know, Oregon probably had the better year and was the more consistent team generally, even though they certainly had losing to Stanford, big yikes. Um, but you know, it'll be a, a great matchup on December the 29th that we'll probably forget about in almost no time, right? I mean, in no way does this really carry over to next year. The Brent Venables era starts next year. OU is missing so many players. If they lose this game, you don't think any differently about this team. If they win this game, you don't necessarily think it's enhanced their season all that much. It's just, you know, years from now, people will look back and either see 11 and two or 10 and three and, you know, 11 and two feels just a little bit better than 10 and three. But I, next year is what it's all about for the start of the Brent Venables era. This is very much a one-off. I'm glad Bob's getting a chance. I hope the kids play well for him. I'm intrigued by that game. Notre Dame, Oklahoma state has me enthralled, has me (laughs) watching YouTube clips or, you know, old games, you know, both sides, uh, you know, every night for the last week. I, I just, I love that matchup. And, you know, I mean, I, I I assumed when you called me that this is what this is what you wanted me to talk about. I feel like I know too much about this matchup. I've now reached a point of um, you know, Paralysis by analysis or an, Yeah, I think that's right. I've hit paralysis by analysis. I've thought about sure. this game too much. I I could see it going one of a thousand different ways. I, I feel like I've thought through every possible conceivable um, scenario, and I really have no idea what's going to happen. But I, I do know this. Even without Jim Knowles, the Oklahoma State defense is going to be just fine, and they're going to play with their hair on fire. They've done it all year. They haven't had a single bad day. I don't expect that to start now. They're going to make it hard on Jack Cohn and Notre Dame. And, you know, the question becomes, what can Spencer Sanders and Oklahoma State's offense do against a Notre Dame defense that is not suffocating like OSU's, but is really solid, really good up front? They win the battle up front. Just about every time, you know, every, every week this year, I would say they've, they've been better than the offensive line they win against. Even in the loss to Cincinnati, held him under 90 yards rushing uh, and is also pretty opportunistic. I think they've got 15 interceptions on the year, several pick sixes. For Spencer Sanders in big games against tough defenses, it, that hasn't been great. But I know this about Spencer as well. He's capable of doing things that you really can't defend. It, it, like, because of his inconsistency, I think his reputation. Uh is probably, especially if you're talking about like Notre Dame fans who don't watch him, you know, play in, play out, they think of him as a certain kind of quarterback, just a middling sort of fella. Yeah. But when he's on it, the handful occasions in his career where Spencer Sanders has brought his A plus game, he does things you can't defend. He puts balls in spots where you can't cover. Uh, he runs around the end, you know, and picks up first downs where you you did everything right and his athleticism just wins. Uh, If, if he's on, there may be nothing Notre Dame can do about it, Uh, but he is on to that extent. So rarely, it's hard to imagine that being the case. And it's hard to imagine either one of these teams, uh, you know, unless there are defensive touchdowns, special teams touchdowns, it's hard to imagine this game not being played in the Uh, twenties. I think both offenses have some success uh, but these two defenses are are the two best units in this ballgame.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Should be fun. Caden, uh, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for joining us. You're off to uh, the hometowns of uh, Jessica Simpson and Billy Gillespie. of yeah. uh, Abilene, Texas, uh, for a little Christmas.
2: Have did a you good have Christmas, to, my friend. Did, did you have to Google that, or did you just know that off the top of your head? Uh, I did check the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, go to Abilene for Christmas, as I usually do. My wife's, My wife's hometown. So, yes, I'm doing this in my car. Uh, so I don't wake up the kids because we're leaving at like 4 a.m. So uh always my pleasure, man. I love talking to you. I had no idea we were gonna do the Tulsa versus OKC thing uh for so long, but that was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. Merry Christmas.
0: Well, you know, uh Merry Christmas to you, Caden. Maybe uh, you know, at this point going forward, maybe we just declare that Christmas week is OKC hate week
2: from here on out now. I mean I'm here for it. I will uh I will at least <laughs> Root you on <laughs> silently from the sidelines. How about that? I, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to wade into this. Dude, I've got a lot of friends in OKC, man. I do,
0: too. And, and, you know, for me, it's not even so much about OKC. It's just about how much better Tulsa is. So
2: how much we love Tulsa. We, you know, we do love Tulsa.
0: I, you, the city of Oklahoma City even tweeted at me and I responded back. You know, I love you. I'm not miss I miss this. Just, I, I said, I love you, but I just am seeing someone I like better. Her name is Tulsa.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> to each his own. To each his own, Tyler. Our our little debates are fun.
0: Why oh, not? it is great. The rants. Why
2: not? Yes. Uh,
0: yeah, that's right. <laughs> plug away, Caden, uh, what you're doing with uh, KJRH and where people can find you and follow all your great work uh, leading up to the, uh, the
2: Fiesta Bowl here. KJRH.com, KJRH Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter at Kaden MC. Um, that's good enough, man. <laughs> that's, that's, you go to KJRH.com. You can watch our shows anytime. Perfect. Caden. Merry Christmas. We'll talk again down the line. Thanks for joining us, man. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Tyler.
0: Big thanks to Caden McFarland for stopping by and joining us here on the Jones Support Tyler Jones, Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor of the Coach Bo Knows Podcast back here with you now it is time for coach post football fix presented by o'connor advisory group you can find o'connor advisory group online oagks.com o'connor advisory Group.com. also by email brian.o'connor at lpl.com that's brian with a y.o'connor at lpl.com and also the facebook page that is o'connor advisory group You can uh, find Bo there and uh, reach out to him by phone, 785-856-0720. That's 856-0720 to schedule an appointment today. And Bo joins us right now. Bo, uh, good to have you back. Uh, Thanks for rejoining us on the show. Uh, What's uh, going on at O'Connor Advisory Group as uh, we're in the holiday season here?
1: Well, you know, the holidays, this time of year is actually our slowest time of the year. Right now, we're doing a lot of service work, just making sure that our clients are all set up. Making sure they've got their distributions done for the year. If they're retired, they're over 72. We're making sure we're getting all those taken care of. We've got the last few done this week. Um, This time of year is really just kind of getting set up for January 1 because we get this influx of it's the new year. We start getting people who are saying, hey, it's the new year, the new me, and one of the things to talk about is getting their money right. And so if you want to get a jump start on it, Now's a great time because you can get a lot more time, a lot more time, a lot more personalized info and personalized time with me. Um, I'd love to be able to help you. And uh, again, yeah, if you're looking at that situation where you're saying, Hey, you know, new year's coming. I want, this is the year I'm going to get it together. I'm here for you. O'Connor advisory. We want to be your partner.
0: That's right.
1: Great stuff there.
0: Uh, Bolt let's go ahead and uh, get started with the uh, football pick for this week. And uh, the slate, before we get to that, a quick update on the standings. Bo, not a great week for you last week. You went two and eight. Me, not so hot either. Uh, I went four and six. And the standings, I'm leading at 86, 72 and two. And you are in second at 81, 77 and two. In third place, only a game behind you, TJ. At oh, no.
1: 78 and two. He went like 10 0 last week or something. He
0: went six and four last week, and he went seven and three the week before that, six and four the week before that, and then he went five, four, and one the week before that. TJ's on a bit of a
1: roll right now. Oh man, Uh, who who would have thought that could have happened?
0: And then Thomas is uh, at the bottom of the barrel at 78, 80 and two. He went uh, four and six last week. So, uh, I got a bit of a gap on you now, Bo, as, uh, we uh, look at this week's slate, the holiday bowl, UCLA and NC state, NC state favored by one Birmingham bowl, Houston and Auburn, Auburn favored by two and a half the Liberty bowl, Mississippi state taking on Texas tech, Mississippi state favored by nine and a half the serve pro bowl, air force and Louisville, Louisville favored by one and a half the, uh, Gasparilla Bowl UCF and Florida Florida favored by seven in the NFL Colts and Cardinals Cardinals favored by one Bills and Patriots Patriots favored two and a half Uh, Ravens and Bengals Bengals favored two and a half Chiefs and Steelers Chiefs favored nine and a half Rams and Vikings Rams favored by three so let's get started Bowl holiday bowl UCLA (laughs) NC State NC State favored by one
1: I like UCLA I, I I Don't ask me why. I just do. I like Chip Kelly. You know, as long as I've known you, you know I like Chip Kelly. Um, I like UCLA here. I think he's got time to put things up together over this last month. and So I'm going to take UCLA.
0: I'll go with uh, NC State here. Both these schools had good seasons, much improved years. Um, But I'll ride with uh, NC State as uh, the one-point favorite in uh, what's basically a pick'em there. Birmingham Bowl, Houston taking on Auburn. Auburn favored two-and-a-half. Bowl. Pretty much a uh, home game there for Auburn. And uh, T.J. Finley played a lot better for them than uh, Bo Nix did when he got the chance to take over. And looks like he's the guy moving forward.
1: Yeah, T.J. Finley's the pride of Pontchartula, Louisiana. Yeah, that's where my aunt and uncle live. So they've known they've the Finleys for a long time. And uh, he's a great guy. Um, but I'm picking Houston. I'm picking Houston in this game because Houston's a good football team. They've got zero credit this season on how good they are. And uh, I am mean, going to show up by beating Auburn in this game.
0: Okay, Bo, uh, we're disagreeing again. I'm going with Auburn in uh, this game. I like what I saw when they almost beat Alabama and the way T.J. Finley played. Um, I'm going to go with Auburn to a win and cover two and a half. I don't like the way Houston played in the AAC, in the AAC championship there against Cincinnati. They, they didn't really make it competitive at all. I'll go with Auburn. Liberty Bowl, Mississippi State and Texas Tech. Mississippi State favored by nine and a half. And uh, Mike Leach taking on his uh, old team at Texas Tech. And Leach has made it known that uh, he's very excited about this game and that Texas Tech still owes him his buyout.
1: You're going to tell me that a Mike Leach coach team where he's motivated to score some points is an underdog?
0: No, they're favored by nine and a
1: half. So they're favored by nine and a half. I'll the way around it didn't matter Mississippi State's gonna win this game they're gonna win it big big big
0: um Bo I, I don't like nine and a half too many points I think that there's gonna be a high scoring game both sides I think Mississippi State wins but I'm gonna go attack to uh cover here uh so we're three for three on disagreements so far at this point
1: this is I like how it. I'm gonna catch you sure sure, sure
0: keep telling yourself that the uh, Served Pro Bowl, Air Force and Louisville Louisville favored by one and a half. What do you think here, Bob? I got Louisville. Okay.
1: I, I, I don't have a good feel for the game, but I'll take Louisville.
0: Um, because I love America more than you, I'll go with Air Force. Um, it is uh, hard to stop the uh, triple option in, uh, in bowl games. We've seen that before. Um, all right. We're four for four on disagreeing here. Uh, Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> UCF in Florida, Florida favored by seven. Uh, what do you think here, Bo? Uh, this uh, Florida team, we've seen several opt-outs here.
1: Yeah, we have. That's too bad. I still like the Gators. I, I just – I don't know. I, I just have this feeling. I like the Gators in this one. Uh, it's a lot of points to cover, seven and a half is a lot. But uh, I like the Gators here. I think they get something done.
0: Uh, we're gonna go five for five on just college picks.
1: This is how I catch up. This is how I'm gonna catch up.
0: Yeah, sure. I'm gonna go UCF here. They're not, uh, there's not as many opt outs, and uh, good
1: reason. It's as good a reason as any. And,
0: and then, uh, you know, also with this Florida team, you know, you, you got a new head coach coming in. I think this means more. There's another one that's third time today, uh, for UCF than it does Florida at this point. Gus Miles on in his first year on a, on a high note there at UCF. I think UCF uh, covers at least. I don't know if they win, but they cover seven. Colts and Cardinals. Cardinals favored by one here. Bo, really good matchup here uh, between these two yeah. teams. I could see it really going either way.
1: Yeah, I like the Cardinals when it's all said and done. I mentioned this earlier. I just – I mean, the Colts have got a, they got a great team. I don't like the quarterback. I'm taking the Cardinals here. And just, I, I like – I like what they're doing. They haven't played well these last two weeks. But I think that it's – they're going to come back after losing to the Lions as well with some vengeance here.
0: I don't think the Cardinals have an answer for Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have quite the day. I'll go with the Colts. Um, So there's six straight that we disagree on. Uh, Bills and Patriots, I think this is where you and I probably agree. I think I know where this is going. Uh,
1: This this is is the hardest one to pick.
0: We can't bet against Belichick, right?
1: That's yeah. You, it, that's what it came down to. Uh, this was the hardest game to pick because I want to believe in Buffalo. I want to believe in Josh Allen. I want to believe in everything they're doing there. But I don't bet against against uh, Bill Belichick. I just don't.
0: Well, and like you know, we talked earlier about the the three passes thing. Um, Mac Jones, he he's got it. He's got the it factor. And to me, he looked good last week against the Colts. Now, if you let him open it up more, that's only going to even widen their chances of winning when they only needed him to throw three passes last time. I think it gives them even more of a chance to win. They open it up more. Give me New England to cover two and a half. Yeah. Uh, Bengals and Ravens Bengals favored by two and a half. Uh, we don't know if, uh, do we know Lamar's status?
1: Uh, I understand as of right now. I think he's questionable. I I haven't heard. I've heard both ways that he may play. He might play. I don't know.
0: Cincinnati two and a half. I picked the
1: Ravens because I think Lamar will end up playing. It's too important for him to sit out. And that's why I'm picking the Ravens.
0: I like what I saw from the Ravens, even in the loss last week.
1: Um, I am, uh,
0: though, going to go with what I know and Joe Burrow is playing in this game as of right now. So I will, uh, ride with the Bengals to cover two and a half, um, chiefs and Steelers. chiefs fair by nine and a half Bo, earlier in the show. You sound pretty confident that the chiefs are going to win, but you weren't too sure about the score
1: in this one. Yeah. So this is more of a reaction of when the Chiefs have been a big favorite, they have not covered. That does not mean they haven't won the game decisively either. It just means that they've had these you know, 9, 10, 11-point games. They haven't covered well. I think the number was like they had like four or five in a row. It doesn't mean they won't win decisively. A lot of it's backdoor stuff. So I'm and they've been covering this. lately. Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers because of the point. I figure a late-game cover, a little backdoor cover. Okay, but I do think the Chiefs will win decisively.
0: What kind of bad beat you think we get out of this one? Do you think it's like last week with uh, the Bears not kicking the extra point? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it could be something strange. You never know. If
0: you're predicting a bad beat, you're like putting the bad voodoo, bad juju out there.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm taking the bad beat here, and if it does it to the Steelers from the backside, that's fine too. Give me, uh, give me the Chiefs cover nine and a half at home. I also knew you picked the Chiefs, so I needed an extra extra win.
0: Okay. So, we disagree on a lot of game, all but one right now. Last one, Rams and Vikings. Rams favored by three. Ball, what do we think?
1: The Rams are back. They're going to win. I The Rams are going to be the toughest out in the NFC. Give me the Rams.
0: I agree. The Rams are back. Um, I don't think they're going to be affected too much by the short week and all that. They're going to be fine. I got the Rams as well. So we disagree on eight games. Diversity.
1: This is what's going to be. This is, this is how it's going to happen. This is how the unbelievable comeback is going to happen here.
0: You know, some people would say that uh, it's Christmas week. I think it's a diversity week here on the Jones Report
1: with uh, our picks. Some of us had a pick sheet already of what Tyler picked in the college games from the Coach Bodo's pool.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true, too. That
1: but I did stay consistent and picked what I picked in those games. Okay, okay. I didn't have to change anything. We disagreed on all five of those the other, the okay. uh, and the other picking too.
0: Okay.
1: By the way, had forgotten what uh, i picked in those games. Yeah. So to let you know, the the strange thing, you know, I, um, as we we're recording this, so the black people in on Coach Bono's podcast, we put a little challenge. Token Girl and I decided we were going to challenge you and Tom to a uh, pick them pick all of the college of the bowl games with the spread and through the first nine games, we were all doing really bad. I mean, it was, uh, I had won five for the first nine and I was the leader mm-hmm. so you were at three and six. Now, okay. as we've gotten a few more days in you and Tom have taken a pretty large lead on us. Okay, let me down. She was one and eight through the first nine. Okay. Some TJ Reeves kind of stuff going over there.
0: Hey, I, I wouldn't be saying Shots that. To you fired. You're, you're behind, TJ. Slow down.
1: Hey, hey, hey I, I'm not behind. I was, I was ahead.
0: Okay, you're ahead by one game.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not behind. Okay. Look, I'm gonna tell you. We know you're about to be behind. The, no way. Yeah, I'm gonna beat TJ. We're gonna find a way to beat you guys to in other pool too. I don't know if it's even technically possible at this point, but has uh,
0: anyone hit their three or five point picks?
1: No, you no. You guys just hasn't come up yet. We've both lost one, though. Ooh. Ellen lost her five-pointer, and I lost my three-pointer. because I had B, We all picked BYU, and I picked BYU as my three, my three-pointer. And then uh, Ellen picked App, App State as her five, which I thought was a pretty good choice. We all picked App State. We all lost.
0: I won't tell your wife you lost your fastball. No, we'll leave hey, with that. Tell you something,
1: my wife knows I still got a fastball. <laughs> Quick as lightning, son. <laughs> <laughs> quick as lightning, <laughs> bam. So, yeah, uh, I should be uh, proud of how quick it is. Sometimes,
0: um, Bo, uh, let's uh, let's talk about these uh, bowl games here uh, okay. in uh, in detail at this point of the non playoff bowl games. What uh, what on this slate? of games coming up, you know, like this is when we start to get the, you know, the good ones coming up. What what do you like of what's ahead for these next few playoffs? I,
1: I like January the 1st. I like the whole day. I This is kind of has an old school feel to it. We've got um, – let me look here. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. We've got Arkansas-Penn State. I think it's a good matchup. I think Oklahoma State and Notre Dame is a good matchup. I think Kentucky-Iowa is a good matchup. Utah-Ohio State is a good matchup. Baylor-Mississippi is a good matchup. That whole day is nothing but good matchups. And and so I'm looking forward to all of January 1. I'm not going anywhere. I gave gave KU basketball tickets that I got to my wife. It's take a friend because I'm staying home watching football all day.
0: Here, you know me, I love football as much as anybody. But I have a problem, Bo, of these bowl games. I used to – I don't love bowl season like I did before, where, you know, it meant something if you were in the Orange Bowl or the Rose Bowl or the yeah. Sugar Bowl when you didn't when, – when you didn't make the national championship. You still had something to play for. Now, you know, if you're in there, you're like, okay, and you got all these opt-outs and such, it, it – it just doesn't feel the same like it used to. Well, no, like I'm it, I'm sitting here just, you know, watching these games to fill time on TV or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm counting down the days of the playoff. I'm, I'll watch, yeah. but I'm not intrigued like I used to be. It's not the same anymore. Yeah, it's just
1: programming now. Now it's just programming. It's just the way there's nothing on that night during the holidays. So let's get a bowl game. Yeah. And that's what it is. And, and, and you're right. There's been something lost in that. Um, but that's the explanation. There's just too much money to not have those games, and so when you can get the extra money, teams can play, you know, and and you know the players get to make a little get a little something off it with the uh, with the gifts and whatnot, and then if trip and you know, you know for a team, let's take a team like I'm just looking up here, a team like Houston, or a team like NC State, you know, a bowl game should be a big deal. Yeah, and you're going to have some opt outs now. Again, it's just different players, different levels, and different things going on now. So I see where you're coming from. Don't disagree at all.
0: The uh, the semifinals are going to be on uh, New Year's Eve, and yeah. we've seen the when they put playoff semifinal games on New Year's Eve, they're a ratings disaster. Yeah. Um, now the one benefit this year is that that is that's going to be the government holiday of new year's day because new year's day falls on a Saturday. So most people will be off work that day, but the ratings are not going to be great. We already know that ahead of time. And uh, you know, you go to new year's day and the Rose bowl and the sugar bowl are still going on at their traditional time slots. And they're contracted to have new year's day until 2026. When also the playoff contract comes up, Bo. This new playoff deal, you know, when they get the new deal done worked out, I mean, they got to kick at least the Sugar Bowl to the curb, right? Like, I understand the Rose Bowl is tradition on New Year's Day and such, but we got to get these playoff semifinals. Here's my solution, okay? The Rose Bowl wants to be in the playoff rotation, but the years that they're not, what I would do is do like a noon kickoff of the first playoff game, give me the Rose Bowl as your matinee, and then give me another playoff game at night. Um, we can move the Sugar Bowl. I understand the Rose Bowl has to be New Year's Day, but the Sugar Bowl, it, it doesn't need to be there.
1: I, I don't know. I think we'll make it a little bit of a mount out of molehill here. I think part of it this year is that the games are on January 1. January 1 is on a Saturday. Yeah. So there's no flexibility. If if January 1 were Friday, then these playoff games would be on Saturday night. Yeah. In a second. So it's the anomaly that's going to happen once every seven years. I right. Think we're making a little too much out of it. So I, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously the Rose bowl is, you know, the granddaddy of them all. It's the, you know, the, the big, but the sugar bowl has a lot of tradition as well. It's just a different type of tradition. I mean, it's, the, it's in the SEC thing for all these years and, you know, it's where the SEC champion used to traditionally go um, and play the, you know, whoever the best team they could get was. I, I don't know you could either do away with that. Uh, but at the same time, and also, you know, there's a team that's not making the playoffs that's going to the Sugar Bowl and traveling to New Orleans is fun. Yeah. It is. So I, I wouldn't mean, want to get rid of the Sugar Bowl for that reason as well. Got a lot of alumni who be like, hey, move- we didn't make the playoffs, but the next best thing is the bowl game in New Orleans.
0: Right, right. I'm not saying get rid of the Sugar Bowl. I'm just saying it, move it off that time slot. Open yeah. it up to a playoff game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, they want it to be a big deal, so they want to hold it in that standing. As long as the SEC has an affiliation with it, it ain't happening.
0: Yeah. Um, that one, that's what I'd like to see is make these playoff games, you know, emphasis, yeah. give the semifinals the best time slots and work around that. And,
1: I, I'd get them off of December 31st and January one. I would get them off there. I mean, it just worked that way this year because of the way the, the calendar fell.
0: Right. And next year, the semifinals are going to be on New Year's Eve again, but New Year's Eve is a Saturday next year. Yeah. So a uh, little different story. And then you'll have the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl on January 2nd next year, so yeah. they're not competing with the NFL. But yeah. uh, something to keep in mind on that front. Um, looking at these matchups, though, of uh, these non-playoff uh, bowls, Oregon and Oklahoma, that game, bow to me, is two teams that are in very similar situations. they got new head coaches coming in. They got a ton of opt-outs in uh, this game. On paper, it's the highest-ranked uh, non—you know—New uh, Year's Six matchup. But who's actually going to be playing in this game here? I think the only guy intrigued might be Bob Stoops because this is, in theory, the last game he'll ever coach, and it's a team that he can't stand in Oregon, dating back to that uh, 06 uh, game uh, where they got robbed—you uh, know, the the onside kick call.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with that. I, it's going to be – it's an interesting matchup. It is. It's two teams that are kind of in the same spot. These are, these are not the same teams they were during the season either. They have new coaches. A lot of these teams that have new coaches, whether it's you know, these two or like Notre, uh, Notre Dame or, or uh, I guess LSU is one of them, Mike this. definitely K-State. Some of these teams are going to have interim staffs. Yeah. You know, like LSU is going to have an interim head coach for the game. Um, I don't know what OU and I know I know OU's got Bob Stoops, but I don't know what who's coaching Oregon. I don't know to be honest. So I mean, that's I find that interesting, I guess. But um, I don't know. I, I don't see that. You're right. It doesn't have the cachet the game should have. Right. It should right. be a game where we all were like, "Hey, this should it should be an appointment game." Right. But it's really not because, like you said.
0: And and on the opt-out thing, too, I think it's worth mentioning. I don't fault these guys at all for opting out of these, you know, bowl games. When you see coaches are leaving before the bowl game, what's it to the players then? Yeah, Uh, I agree. Now, we've never seen guys opt out of the playoff. And, I mean, who's it might happen in the future. Who knows? But – uh, that's where I would draw the line. I would have a problem if a guy opts out of the playoff. We're not seeing that with these opt-outs.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see something like that. But if, if – I probably would have a problem with a player opting out of the uh, of a, bowl, of a bowl game or um, a, cha- wow. uh, a playoff game, sorry. But uh, I really don't have a problem with them opting out of a bowl game. It's They're not getting paid for that. I mean, that's just – those players are getting paid it's a lot of extra revenue. These guys are opting out or going to the NFL. They're getting ready for that. It's the same as leaving college a little bit early to, you know, get your degree, come back and walk with your class. And, you know, I get it. And so I don't see a problem there.
0: Right, let's move on Talker talk NFL uh, pro bowl rosters are out. The uh, Colts had more pro bowlers than anyone else in the NFL. We've talked about it for a long time, Bo, ever since, uh, Andrew Luck retired. That that team had a lot of talent. They've had talent. They just haven't had a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it. It's one of the most stacked rosters in the entire league, and I mean seven Pro Bowlers. And we've seen what it's all about now. Again, it's just a matter of do you do they have um, you know the quarterback to take them to that next level. Uh, But yeah, they're great. I mean they've done a great job with that team we've said it before what would happen if Andrew luck had not been all these injuries and had not retired. Yeah. I mean, are they, are the Colts where the chiefs are? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. The the rivalry wouldn't be Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. It'd be Mahomes and luck.
0: Yeah. Um, The uh, Tampa Buccaneers, they uh, signed Le'Veon Bell. Uh, You know, Leonard Fournette is, uh, is out. And uh, now you got Bell coming in. He almost went into a boxing career, he said, before going ahead and joining the Tampa Buccaneers. And Antonio Brown is going to come back despite, uh, you know, the, what we've heard from Bruce Arians that, you know, he, he said that uh, Antonio was going to have a short leash. We know that uh, Bruce Arians didn't want Le'Veon Bell to join this team either, I'm wondering how much control does Bruce Arians actually have here? Um, and, and you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing either that he doesn't, it appears, have that much control because they got a good thing going in Tampa with their power. How how the results that it's I mean it's working.
1: I think BA's on board with having Antonio Brown there. He's a guy who's gonna he understands what they have to do. They need they need that player to fill in that role. Godwin's out, they need somebody. And you figure he's a guy that a lot of people like playing for. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you want to do, you want to put yourself in a spot where, um, you know, you would be, you wouldn't have a trouble, a potential trouble of an Antonio Brown. But I do think that we'll, uh, I, I think BA can handle it. I think Bruce Arians is great. And I don't think this is a thing where this is not what he wants. I I think he, I think this is simple and simple. They go to the, you know, the, GM goes to the coach and says, hey, you know, this injury thing really kind of screwed this up. And that I'm sure Bruce Harrington is actually on board with this.
0: All right. Sorry to have it. That's uh, yeah. our football fix for this week here on the uh, Jones Report. Bo, uh, before we get out of here today, we're uh, going to go ahead and get to our Tom Fullery story of the week. And uh, with Tom out and you in, the thing that we always love to do when, when Bo steps on board is – as the, uh, as the, you know, uh, Greg Cody or the, you know, the, uh, the, the elder statesman of the Jones report is he provides his advice from the older perspective. We won't call him an old man, but you know, he is our, he if, is the elder of the show of sorts, the elder if, statesman. If the shoe
1: fits, I'll wear it. That's fine. okay.
0: The old guy of the show. And so we go to him to, with our questions and, um, we we go to the inbox actually and we have an email from terrence and then we have another one from stevie and we have some like you know holiday uh relationship questions for bo to answer and so let's start out with the first email from terrence terrence uh writes subject line reads i just matched with a real hottie on tinder but i'm afraid of the omicron variant pretty relevant topic bo Here's how it reads. Hey guys, hope you're all having a great day. My name is Terrence. I'm a longtime fan and wanted to run something by you if you have a minute, that's what we're here for. So I was in a three year relationship that ended in October and I started dating again about three weeks ago. I'm not going to lie, Tinder has been a lot of fun because I'd never used it before. So I swiped right on a girl, I thought was way out of my league, but she messaged me and wants to get together this week. I've never been so excited and scared at the same time. Not scared because she's so hot, but because I don't want to catch this new Omicron variant. I'm vaccinated and so is she, according to her. But I know we can still get it. Would it be out of line to ask her to take a COVID test before we hook up or is it just the risk I take to hook up with a real hottie, signed Terrence? Bo, your thoughts.
1: You know, nothing's going to make it dry up quicker than asking for a COVID test. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would tell you that you, you, you're marked up the wrong tree on that one, Terrence. This is Terrence? Yes. Yeah, Terrence, you're marking the wrong tree on this one. You either, either have to go all in or howl out. You just you can't... Uh, you're not half pregnant. You're just going to have to go in there and, and just. you're either going to have to man it up and go get it or you're going to have to just uh, or just back away. And so I'll tell you that, it, uh, yeah, I think it's too much to ask to say, hey, can I have a clean uh, COVID test? Yeah, no, you're going to have to. If she's vaccinated, you're vaxxed. Roll the dice, my friend. Roll the dice.
0: This is not the same as wearing protection. Not the same. Not similar at all um the way i look at this bow is that you know i assume if you're on tinder you're probably a young person here and we've seen these studies we've seen the results of Omicron and such i mean if you get it it's not going to be terrible i mean it's not going to be fun but you eventually, you know, you'll know, you recover. You'll be fine. If you're a young person, as long as you're not morbidly obese, you are going to be okay. So if, if she's that hot and you match with her and you want to get it on, uh, I think you just have to accept the risk.
1: Maybe Terrence is worried because she's morbidly obese.
0: <laughs> Would so she be uh, that hot, though?
1: I, I mean, I don't know. Some people are into that.
0: Some people are.
1: You know, no, I basically my advice to Terrence is rather than just you don't have to do, you don't have to just man up,
0: <laughs> just, just get on with it and just, uh, find the results. And yeah, they say
1: in Louisiana, you got to get off the pot.
0: <laughs> well, and then the other thing in this two ball, something to consider here if we're talking about risk taking and such. If you get it and she's got it, um silver lining here, you two could quarantine together.
1: Yeah, you know, I wouldn't quarantine anybody I just met though. That'd be that'd be rough. But but yeah, you like your thinking though. You think I mean, good.
0: You've already hooked up, you're already there.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know, there's a difference between hooking up and uh Isn't
0: that better uh, than being lonely though in quarantine?
1: Depends. Depends on how good the hookup was. (laughs) You never know, Tyler. It's a good
0: point. Not all of it is good. No, (laughs) certainly not. Let's go ahead. You know,
1: an old friend of mine once told me he says one piece of advice when it came to this is true about men and women, but it was the way he put it it was about women. No matter how hot she is, somewhere someone's tired of her. Very true. And, and that goes both ways. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong here. I don't want to sound sexist. Yeah, you know, I mean, if it's, it same things with dudes. Somewhere, someone's tired of his shit.
0: Um, Bo, I, I know that this is again, you know, like, you know, past your time. But uh, do you have an opinion on dating apps,
1: one way or the other? You know, I I I think it's interesting. I, I I'm much too old to do those sort of things, but. Um, it would have been interesting when I was younger to have had tech. We didn't even have cell phones when I was younger. So, I mean, I didn't have a cell phone until I was in college. And so, I mean, there were, you could get a cell phone, but it could cost too much. we so, Yeah, I, the, the things that we can all do on cell phones now, it's, you know, weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the way I look at it is I would look at it and go, wait, I mean... Uh, Tinder would have been interesting in the night.
0: Are you at all curious about what your son does on a dating app, or you just let him be?
1: I I I try not to think about it. I just try not try to put that out of my mind. (laughs) I try to put that out of my mind. (laughs) Why you got to bring that up, Tyler? You ruined my night already. (laughs) I'm not feeling great. I've you know I got the I got the booster today. I have a headache, and you bring that up. Sorry. Uh,
0: yeah. I... I've done all the dating apps. I've done Tinder. I've done Bumble. I've done hinge. What, what, what
1: do you what do you like? What works for you?
0: Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I like the OG Tinder. You know, that's where I've had the most success is uh is the Tinder machine, you know. That's uh it, it's it's the easiest way to get to what you want. We'll put it that way. Okay. Bumble, you know, the girl has to message you first, hinge, you only get a certain number of likes. I mean, you know what you're getting with Tinder. One of these days, yeah, you, you
1: know the score if you're going on there. Is my, uh, my understanding.
0: Yes, one of these days we're going to do a whole podcast on dating apps because there's so much stuff that we could dive into and yeah. and uh, examine. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about how you can get the perfect profile and and uh, some of the specifics that uh, that it takes to get into. But it's uh it's fascinating the world of uh of dating apps what it's become and. And uh, you know every, everybody's on them now. It, it used to be this taboo thing of online dating, but now we just swipe right or swipe left.
1: You know, you know it was very taboo when it first started. You're right. Yeah. And Now it, it's our world's getting smaller. Our world's getting smaller. And and now I think, especially going through COVID, you know, we 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 are shut in more. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's going to continue. I think that's going to get. I don't think it's going to necessarily get better. I think yeah. it's going to, I don't think it's going to get worse necessarily, but I think that people are going to say, Hey, I can do some things here. And now you have availability of people this way.
0: All right. Yeah. One more for you, real quick. This is from Stevie. Headline it's reads Will my girlfriend get the hint? I want to break up if I don't get her a Christmas present. Hey, guys, this is Stevie, and I'm a longtime fan with a big time problem. Over the last few months, I've tried to break up with my girlfriend of two years, but she won't let me go. She's literally said to me, no, we're not breaking up. We will work it out. Then I stick around, but I'm back to being miserable in a few weeks. I just don't feel the same way about her anymore. And I don't think she loves me the same way either, but she'd rather be with me than be single. I'm at a wit's end and want a clean break. I still have gotten her a Christmas present. I'm considering not getting her anything. So she gets the hint. I don't want to be in this anymore is not getting her a present too cruel sign stevie stevie you're a pussy
1: <laughs> just break up and go just leave Block the number all that i mean just look if you don't want to be with somebody don't be with somebody look i am shouldn't be 46 years old and I, i'm very happily married i have a wonderful wife we've been together a very long time but i'll tell you this if we don't wanna to be together, guess what? We just won't fucking be together. Excuse my language. But that's what it has to be. If you don't wanna be with somebody, don't be with them. There's an arrangement here we don't know about. Either, either he lives with her and he's afraid to move out or he's afraid to kick her out or something. But there's some more information that we need to know here. And this dude is just being a pants. You shouldn't have to give hints that you want to break up. You just break up.
0: Yeah, you break up and you tell her, "Oh yeah, I'm on a dating app now."
1: Yeah, yeah, look at this. I I decided to get on the the Bumble, the one you like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like the Tinder. Yeah, say I matched with this girl. You know, yeah, it's
1: great. Yeah, you know. By the way,
0: real quick before we go, uh, what I like best about dating apps, Bo? You know, like for me. I'm not looking for anything serious right now. You yeah. know, I'm just looking for, you know, somebody to chill with, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. for me, dating apps are best when I'm traveling. Now, every once in a while, you got to check in on the locals and see what's going on. But when I'm on the road and like when I'm busy working, whatever, and I don't have maybe all the time to be sightseeing and meeting people, give me a little something to do, get off work, and then what do you know? I got somebody to meet up with there you go
1: I, I i see where you're going with that In, international kind of player i mean you, you know, <laughs> mr worldwide <laughs> this is worldwide this is how i do it yeah i be, I be what i eat i got you man I, I i see where you're going with that it's a great way to meet people and yeah I,
0: on that note we're to go play on own plan bow what's coming on the uh, coach Bono's knows podcast uh this week
1: Hey, we're going to talk about what we got on point five. We're going to talk about some. I don't know, we're talking football, we're talking a bunch of other stuff. Uh, my open letter to Shad Khan, we're talking about my advice to Shad Khan will be on it this week. Uh, Token Girl, I'm talking, I'll I'll talk about that. And then I'm working on a couple small things that may come through for Friday. I don't know yet. If not, we'll have them next week. Uh, next week on the pod, right before New Year's, we're going to have an Ask Coach Bo anything. So these kind of situations that we just did, we're going to have that on the Ask Coach Bono's podcast. And uh, and the fun part is I'll have Ellen with me. And so when Token Girl Ellen is on, and she'll be the one kind of helping me out. And so you'll get my perspective, but you'll get her perspective as well. It's going to be fun.
0: I love it. Sounds good. Bo, well, have a great Christmas, my friend. This is our last show Merry before Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays Christmas to everybody you. out there. Um, yep. For myself and Thomas Bridges uh, and uh, everybody out there at Studio Soapbox. uh, And uh, I'll be out in Dallas next week. David Starr and Dominic Argon. We're going to do the Let's Go Racing Christmas special together out there. So that should be fun. Got a few things in the work. Uh, As always, follow me on Twitter at TylerJonesLive, studio underscore soapbox, facebook.com forward slash TylerJonesLive, facebook.com forward slash Studio Soapbox, Instagram, TylerJonesLive, Jones underscore report. And uh, also Bo's on uh, Instagram as well, uh, Coach Bo Knows Show. And uh, man, he's also on Twitter, Coach Bo Knows Show, and Facebook as well. So uh, that will do it for us. Have a great Christmas, everybody. From Brian O'Connor, Caden McFarland, and our entire Crumbs, Tyler Jones. Saying so long. there has been another Disney the Jones Sports. We'll see you next week.